guys, welcome back. My name's Arnav. And my name is Garov. And welcome back to Wall Street on Westheimer. The date is August 10th, 2022, and the time is currently 3.30 p.m. So recently we've had some uh, pretty unique changes in the ETFs than what we predicted last meeting. So the S&P 500 right now is at 4.2K uh, today right now at uh, up 2% for the day. Mm -hmm. The Dow is uh, up 1.63% and the NASDAQ is up 2.89%. Mm -hmm. And since the last meeting, the S&P is up 8% over the last month. The Dow is up 6.3% and the NASDAQ is up 10.4%. So... Uh, I think the first thing we should talk about is uh, we haven't, uh, since it's been a month since our last meeting, uh, and we predicted that the S&P and like all these other ETFs would go down, and it's quite literally done the opposite. Mm -hmm. uh, so what w I think our mistake was in making that prediction was we accounted for it, uh, the stock market to follow economic rule. like So whatever the economy would do, the stock market would follow, but like... Uh, that's what I thought, and that's what like any like normal investor w with little experience would think with uh, dealing with e economic recession. But looking over the past like years, like past times there's been recessions, uh, the economy has usually not moved as much as the stock market. Like uh, the stock market moves on average to like nine to eight percent every year, but uh, the economy usually stays the same year to year. So I didn't really know about this. And I just assumed that the economy would be a telltale sign of how the stock market moves. So what about you, Garv? Um, no, I fell into the same trap, actually. So, like Arnav said, um, with the economy going down, inflation increasing, a lot of companies, uh, we were expecting their like earnings, earning reports to be a lot less than they were. So we, we kind of fell into the same trap. And um, I guess that's a sign of like being an investor, right? Every investor learns from their mistakes, and that's what we're doing now. So we used to think that the stock market would follow economic growth, and now we know that there are separate things, but you should still look at the signs of economic growth in yeah. your evaluation. Like, just because the economy is in a recession does not mean the stock market is also going to fall into a bear market. So uh, now we can go over to earnings reports. So... Not all companies have released earnings reports because like each one has their own set date for quarters. So major companies that showed increase in revenue have been Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and PayPal. All four of these companies uh, have shown a good sign of a revenue in their financials. Mm -hmm. And while you might think like those major companies are like up in revenue, might signify that the entire market is up. Um, it is not. So on the other hand, you have major companies showing a decrease in revenue in their earnings reports, like Meta, Intel, Intel specifically was drastically down. Um, Lockheed Martin reported losses, and Target and Walmart did not reach the analyst expectations. So uh, something I'd also like to discuss about earnings reports are energy companies like oil and gas, Exxon, Oxy, Chevron, they all reported record-breaking earnings and i actually mm -hmm. did a stock pitch and a bunch of analysis on oxy and by doing that i learned a lot of what's going on right now in the market for oil and gas companies so they recur all of them all three the ones that i mentioned recorded record-breaking profits and this is because simply because uh oil and gas has been was the highest this past quarter that it's basically ever been like mm -hmm. <laughs> 
in my 17 years of living, it's never been that high. I don't know about before, but yeah. But it's the highest it's ever been. And obviously, uh, sales equals uh, sales is based on price and quantity. And because people are traveling more because uh, of COVID, whether it be COVID or uh, something else, uh, people are traveling more, which requires more energy, which causes uh, quantity to go up. And then price also went up. So there's the two things that determine whether revenue will go up for oil and gas companies both went up. So that's going to cause exponential growth for uh, energy companies, which uh, made them see their stock price jump up uh, quite a bit. So uh, that's just a small spiel on oil and gas companies this past quarter over their earnings reports. No, yeah, everything seemed to go really good for these uh, oil and gas companies. First of all, this quarter is like the summer quarter, so everyone was traveling. Then you have COVID, inflation. Um, you still have Russia on their oil embargo. So all of these uh, caused the oil price to go up, so their profits, like profit margins and uh, actual price and quantity, as Arnav said, they both went up uh, exponentially, which led to these uh, insane revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if I remember correctly... Oxy like had a uh, 4.2 billion in free cash flow. Their quarter to quarter, year to year operating cash flow, everything. Sales were up. Everything was up basically for that company. And uh, it actually, when they released their earnings, they actually dropped five points, even though they had record breaking sales, which just shows how much they were actually predicted to earn. They, even though they like made, even though they cut down their debt like by like 25 percent. And like made all these like revenue jumps, they still were expected to do more, which just shows how much like the oil and gas market was predicted to make uh, over this quarter. So high high expectations, and even though like some fell short, they still made uh, good strides on their company. Mm-hmm. So knowing all of these earnings reports, it really leads us to the question of: Are we still fearing a recession? Right. So in our last meeting we talked about how there was going to be a fed meeting on july 27th i believe yeah july 26th and 27th and so uh they were choosing between a basis point hike of either 50 75 or 100 that ended up going with a 75 basis point hike and at that meeting it was very significant because they also said that the odds of raising the ba- uh the interest rates at the next meeting were very unlikely so uh, last last time we met, we said odds of raising it again. Yeah, we were unlikely, but uh, I think they did it again because uh, we discussed this in a previous episode. But people were still going out to eat. People are still going out to travel. People are still going out to buy shopping, go to shopping, go malls. They were they were doing everything they would have done without the seventy five basis point hike prior to this one, this re- most recent one. So they obviously needed to hike it up more. So. Uh, they can reduce inflation because if people keep going out and spending inflation is going to continue which is bad for the economy and that's the opposite of what they actually need to do so they needed to increase it more and in hopes of people uh, going out less and buying more stuff so let's see I mean it's pretty pretty recent not that long ago like two weeks yeah two weeks that they did it we still need to uh, view ourselves how much it has affected the market but uh, what do you think? Do you think more people are going to go out? Less people are going to go out? Same people are going to go out? Um, I think less people are definitely going to go out. Um, we're going to get into this later, but uh, this, the inflation rates came in for today. 
and uh, it showed a significant decrease in inflation um, in my eyes. So I, d I definitely feel like that's going to reflect on uh, consumer sentiment. And mm -hmm. so I feel like a lot less people are going to start going out and buying. Yeah. So mm, if inflation is decreasing, I don't really see uh, a point of there being another BP hike again. Mm -hmm. or keep. They're most likely going to keep it the same or reduce it a few. But if inflation is dropping, that's exactly what they want it to be. So uh, I don't think... Uh, we'll, we'll see another one. Mm -hmm. So, uh, actually today, the CPI data came in. And so, as a nation, we're currently at an inflation rate of 8.5%. And so, this was uh, actually surpassing, like, when I say surpassing expectations, I mean, it was lower than what we were expecting. So, it was actually stated that inf if inflation was at 9.4% or above, the Fed was actually going to take their word back and increase the basis points by a 100 basis point hike. However, thankfully, we did not reach that 9.4% threshold. And so since we're sitting at a pleasant 8.5%, we're most likely going to see the Fed following through with what they said at the last meeting and not raise the interest rates again. Okay, so uh, due to the stock market, due to like everything else going on right now, uh, the odds of further recession have heavily decreased. And uh, as Gaurav mentioned before, uh, just now that inflation fighting tactics have worked that the Fed have been employing through the basis point hikes. And uh, because of that, the recession is... Odds of a like recession continuing... We're in a recession right now, technically, because mm -hmm. the two quarters have been uh, decreasing. But odds of it continuing are very likely, very unlikely. <laughs> Yeah, but that definitely doesn't count out that the uh, there are still a ch there's still a chance of the recession continuing. So there are um, many things that could still signify that, right? So we did see that some companies did report uh, an earnings loss. So like the earnings reports were definitely neutral um, around the nation, right? So it's some sectors doing good, some still doing bad, um, and many of these uh, company valuations still show high signs of overvaluation, like PayPal, for example. Their stock started booming after they saw uh, a great increase in earnings, right? But if you look at the um, actual value evaluation, like value investing evaluation of it, you'll definitely see that it's still heavily overpriced. Yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned before, like energy companies are doing extremely well, right? And uh, I valued Oxy and through like a financial modeling process. And even though it's been doing extremely well, it still says it's properly priced. Like, I did the DCF model, and it said 58.2, and that day it was at 58.5 after reporting their earnings. So even though these companies are doing extremely well, many of them are doing still properly valued or very overvalued. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a trend that has been continuing over the past few years as well, as companies have been extremely overvalued, like Tesla, Amazon. Like, their prices have been way too high, but the market has still been trending up and we've seen that uh, trend break like, recently, which is why we're kind of adjusting. Mm -hmm. And another new uh, term that started like uh, going around on the news, uh, it's called boomflation. So the, the term you're most likely familiar with is stagflation where the economy stays stagnant and inflation continues to rise. However, in this new uh, in this new term, boomflation, we're seeing economic growth increasing, but it's decrease it's increasing at a reduced rate, 
and inflation can, continues to increase, which is still a sign of recession. And this is really uh, predominant in China, where China is currently in a recession and they're going through what we see or what we call as boomflation. So what do you mean by boomflation? Like one year it had 10 percent and the next year their growth was 8 percent, then 6 percent. Like it's slowly decreasing, but at the same time it's decreasing year to year. But at the same time, overall, it's increasing. Yeah. So that's what boomflation means. Mm-hmm. So, OK, yeah, just making sure. And then uh, what about uh, macroeconomics? Right. So if you look at the candle charts for like the day by day um, for the year and quarter, uh, you'll notice that the patterns are very similar to the 2001 dot com crash where you saw this um, like small relief, which you could say we're experiencing right now. And then it'll later be um, followed up by another crash. However, this is just following the patterns that we saw in the past. And I don't know, because the current situation is very different from the other ones we've dealt with. It could be like a completely different type of recession. You, you can't really predict the stock market. But just looking uh, and comparing to the past patterns, you'll notice a lot of similarities with the 2001 crash. Yeah, but in my opinion, I don't think it's it's a good idea to compare past charts to the present charts because I don't really think uh, every situation is different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. obviously there's not a dot-com crash happening. There's a different type of uh, recession happening right now. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happened in 2001. So I don't really think you should follow past charts to determine future charts. Like, I don't think that's a good way to analyze uh, the market or the economy. That's my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You could. They're definitely completely different situations. But I guess if you wanted to like kind of compare, um, like, like evaluate completely off of candle charts, you'll see that it has some similarities. You can't completely rule out the possibility of the recession continuing. Yeah. So, uh, right now, uh, current relief could be seen as a short rise followed by another crash. So, noting that, we can go ahead and go into the. Structural support of uh, how the real estate bubble is fragile right now and the entire market being supported by companies buying all the houses. So uh, I can talk about the real estate bubble right now, but I'm not really sure about how companies are buying all the houses right now. Uh, So can you cover that after I discuss? Mm, Yeah. Okay. So what I know about the real estate bubble right now is that uh, mortgage rates are are still high from the first episode that we had uh, where they increased it. And so because they're so high, it's just uh, you're having to pay double the amount of what you're actually paying for through mortgage loans. So if you buy an 800K house right now, over the course of your, uh, I believe, 30-year mortgage, you will pay $1.6 million. So that's just the way amortization is working right now. And... It's just causing, so technically the house prices like face value are decreasing. Like how uh one million eight like how seven hundred k houses used to be one million a couple months ago, and now they're like nine hundred k. There's actually you're having to pay more at that nine hundred k price than you did at that one million price, even though they're even though one million is higher because at one million the mortgage rates were lower. So over the course of thirty years, you would have to pay less as there was less interest going onto that loan, but now it's at 900K and the interest rate is even higher because of the because of the Fed and like 
every and the mortgage rates increasing nationwide and statewide in Texas. So you're gonna have to pay more for nine hundred K than one million. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a trick to get you in. And the banks are kind of profiting, not even like the people selling the house, because they're the people selling the house are selling at nine hundred K as opposed to one million. But they're forced to because uh the market the market is trending downwards, so they're not going to be able to sell their house if it was at, if it was at one million. So, the people profiting off of this are like the banks issuing the mortgage loans. So that's what's happening right now in the real estate bubble right now. Mm-hmm. And so, what I meant by the companies buying all the houses, I was referring to how like in the past uh, meetings we had, we were talking about how Goldman Sachs was going through and buying a lot of real estate, right? Um, so. Uh, a lot of people have been like selling their houses recently because of what we said the uh, mortgage rates. So it's more expensive for them to hold and uh, like hold these loans and continue owning these houses. So that's where these companies are swooping in. Um, they're holding a lot of real estate, which is preventing from the entire real estate uh, like bubble to like main like maintain itself. But it's really fragile because we're entirely dependent on these uh, companies holding onto these houses. Okay, so that covers real estate, and now we're getting to gas prices. So as of August 8th, the national average price per gallon for gas was only about 4.059, which is uh, a, a pretty big drop. As one point, I believe it was over 5. Yeah, it was definitely over 5. Um, I want to say close to two months ago, maybe even one month, maybe. I'm not exactly sure, mm-hmm. but... um. I'm looking back on the last meeting notes. Um, that day, the uh, gas prices dropped 3.1 cents overnight per gallon. And so clearly we're seeing a trend of gas prices falling back down, which is a good sign that inflation is decreasing. Um, you can also expect um, a lot of these oil and gas companies to start performing uh, like less than the current quarter because, you, as we did say, there were record-breaking quarters this um Record-breaking earnings this quarter, sorry. And so we can definitely expect those earnings to start to, like, decrease back to what we see as normal. Okay, so, yeah, following that continuous drop, uh, I'd like to get into uh, talking about the metaverse, because I don't believe we've talked about uh, this in the past two episodes, so now would be a good time to bring it up. So my thoughts on the metaverse is uh, it's... It's a new technology. It's part of a new wave, Web three, and we're currently on Web two. With these are just acronyms for like like generations of uh, the internet. So internet was Web two. Like everything we're using right now is Web two, and Web three is gonna be like the metaverse, like virtual reality, going through like basically living like another life through like uh through online. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what the metaverse is, and it's part of the Web three like takeover. So. Uh, my thoughts on the metaverse include that I am personally like wouldn't like it because it's not like actual reality. But then again, uh, people when the internet came out, uh, especially older people like in the thirties and later, were opposed to taking like the internet. They they thought like how the internet even make money, and then advertising came along, and then they actually started people actually started making money from the internet, and people started using it more. And that just, like, uh, removed that whole argument of the internet not being able to work. And now it's something that everyone, or basically everyone, 
almost everyone <laughs> needs <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. So that just shows like, I think it's better to hop on the train of something new, like the metaverse, than get left behind. So that's what I think. Um, my take on the metaverse is, I mean, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with the metaverse, right? I'm sure many of us have seen like the movie uh, Ready Player One. Like, it, it creates a, the metaverse creates a lot of opportunities for corporate um, like possibilities, right? But uh, there comes many other concerns, like who's going to be able to control it. It's going to be um, what's the what's the term I'm looking for? Um, you you can't really control your privacy on the metaverse. It's going to be difficult, uh, as well as um, whoever is running the metaverse, right? So you're gonna uh, obviously need to con- like go to, go to the metaverse through consoles, which uh, currently the leading uh, producer of uh, virtual reality devices would be uh, Meta or like what used to be Facebook. So it's going to be a lot of like privacy issues that you're going to have to go through and it's going to be a really big hassle. But I feel like when it does come out and all of these do get sorted out like through legal action, um, the metaverse will definitely be successful and a new opportunity for everyone. Okay. So what about NFTs? Uh, I've like. I guess there's value in them, but like there's no intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. So the only point I see of NFTs is like just trading them for it, like for just for money, for extra money grab. That's all I believe NFTs are. Yeah, the hype behind NFTs have uh, drastically declined lately, especially with the crypto drop. Um, NFTs have really lost their valuation. However, some of the NFTs, like the popular ones like Board Ape, uh, Board Ape Yacht Club, a lot of those have um, actual like in real life values because they invite you to groups, they get you connections, uh, they offer perks with that certain corporations, and then you have the other NFTs that um, offer services within the metaverse when it like does come out. So like some NFTs offer houses in the metaverse and other things. So. I don't know. NFTs might have a future, but currently they're not like steep decline because the hype around them have definitely died out. Okay. And then, on a side note, uh, Bitcoin and uh, other cryptos are over the past month going back up. I believe Bitcoin's at twenty eight k now, uh, after a steep drop from, at one point was seventy k, uh, in twenty, twenty one or mm-hmm. something. Yeah like late 2021 or mid it was at 70k and now it's at uh hit like around 20k and now it's going up like 28k so there's watch out for that it's back on the way up and uh we'll see we'll continue to see how that follows through and uh now we're going to get into this new section where we have possible buys obviously we're not financial advisors so do your own due diligence (laughs) we're just 17 year olds in uh uh a house that is paid for. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Carl, you want to start uh, it off? Yeah, so a few possible buys that I was looking at were uh, including pharmaceuticals, so like Pfizer, Johnson Johnson. Um, I personally uh, like this one pharmaceutical called Viru. So uh, the reason I suggest these uh, buys is because with the federal announcement making monkeypox uh, a new nationwide epidemic, right? So it's going to have um, spur up demand for the creation of uh, vaccines, uh, medicine to prevent monkeypox. So it really brings like a lot more demand to the pharmaceutical scene 
uh, giving rise to more investors investing in these companies. So what about AMD and uh, NVIDIA? Right. So as we said, crypto is really like declined, right? And j- crypto is starting to go back up. But with the uh, with crypto just recently, uh, like a month ago, hitting their uh, bottom peak, right? Or like relative bottom peak because we don't know if it's going to continue declining. Um, with, with that with the bottom, right? So a lot of the, the hype for um, graphics cards suddenly declined because crypto was is now like valued at a lesser cost. So people had less reason to buy these graphics card cards, making the price of these graphics cards uh, fall back down. But as crypto goes back up, you're gonna see the demand for these graphics cards rise with it, right? So currently, if you buy into these companies, like in my opinion, if you buy into these companies, when crypto goes back up, you're gonna see these companies' uh, stock valuation rise with it as there's a higher demand for these graphics cards again. Okay, so a buy buy that I had were I-bonds, and I know bonds are not as uh, nice looking as stocks, but this bond is something that uh, everyone, I think, everyone needs to take a look at. So I... I heard about it through uh, my dad, first of all, and then uh, I went to Warden, and then the professor also mentioned it there, so I was like, I might as well just look at it at that point, right? If someone at my dad is telling me, right? My dad, my dad's like, okay, yeah, some re- normal investor, but then a professor tells me to look at it, like two people, yeah, within like two days span, yeah, <laughs> I should yeah. probably look at it. So I-bonds are interest rate bonds uh, that are government-issued and are bond Bonds are basically loans that you issue to the government and they pay you back in interest based on uh, whatever specific type of bond you buy. Uh, so these ones are called I bonds, uh, I sensor interest. And right now they're around nine to nine, I believe 9.76% interest rate. So, uh, so if you buy it right now, you're guaranteed a 9.76 interest rate at least for the next six months because bonds are semi-annual paid back. So, and it is worth noting that uh, you can every person can only put max 10k uh, using the government uh, website for uh, securities and investments. And so if you have five people in your family, you can put in 50k and that 50k uh, almost 10%. So that's almost yeah, that is almost 5k back. Uh, so and these interest rates uh, vary. So right now it's at 9.76. But uh, it won't obviously drop down all the way down to 3%. It'll like fluctuate in between. So uh, so if you buy right now, right now there's a ten, almost a 10% increase, which is guaranteed as the government can't default uh, back. So uh, that's just some guaranteed money I'd like to share with all of y'all. So that concludes our third episode of uh, Wall Street on West Timer. And thank you guys for listening. Yep, thank you, and we will see you next time.